Well, I'm glad to be back with you guys again today. Who's sore from the beatdown that you got earlier today? Yeah, I was watching you guys coming down that slide. I was watching you. All. I was strategizing, right? Like you had your staggered base kids on the jousting, and then you had your horizontal-based kids. And then some of y'all just went full kamikaze and just like, and took the other guys out. So that was so much fun. I'm glad that you guys had a great time. I had a great time. I took a nap. I'm so old. Yes. But uh, I'm glad that I was able to spend some time with you in biblical foundations. I'm glad that we're making our rounds. I was looking at your mosaics and the pieces. It's all coming together. It's looking pretty good. So we are smack dab in the middle of the week. Actually, it's Thursday, and we're going to have a great time today. And I want to show you guys a picture We've been talking about water a lot today, water slides, drinking water, rivers in the wasteland. So in your little notes handouts, you have a picture of my favorite river. This is the San Marcos River, and it runs through my college where I went to school to become a teacher, Texas State University, San Marcos. And it runs right through the middle of campus. This is a campus-owned park called Sewell Park. And the river runs right through there. And up that hill is the basketball arena. So when everybody graduates, there is a tradition. Right after graduation, cap, gown, the whole shebang, you jump into the river. And all year long, people are swimming in the river. I know what you're thinking. Why would you swim in the river in the winter? Because since the San Marcos River, just about a mile and a half north of this, is spring-fed, it is constantly 72 degrees all year long. And that feels great in the summer when it's hot. And it also feels surprisingly refreshing in the winter when it's cold. I myself have shivered out there with some of my friends. We lived in some dorms, and we went running down to the river like midnight, and it was steaming because it was 30 or 40 degrees in the air, but then we jumped in the water, and it was like, ah, this is warm. And I love rivers. I know that I asked you guys this morning, like, we're my saltwater people, and you're like, yeah, bring on the sharks. And then we had our freshwater people, your lakes, your ponds, your rivers. And then we had like our very safe pool people. Although if you do some research, pools are kind of gross. Kind of gross, depending on where you're swimming. But I love the San Marcos River because there's no sharks. It's very clean because the springs that feed this river are just a mile up the road. And it runs all through town, and people love going through there on their tubes and swimming, and then later on there's some waterfalls. I will tell you guys probably in two more days the story of when I almost died in the water, actually next to the waterfall. But we'll talk about that Friday. So today we're going to be talking about a very special river. A river runs through our scripture today as well. We're going to be reading John chapter 7, verses 38 and 39 in the New Living Translation. We've been talking all day long about how water is life. You need water to live, to breathe, to survive. I saw all of you guys putting your stickers on your water bottles. It didn't go well for some of us. But most of us got really good, the stickers, and they look great. I've been enjoying my uh, insulated coffee mug all day long with my Eagle Ridge sticker on it. But let us go to the Word, talk about some water. And this is Jesus speaking. He says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink 
For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. When he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. But the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered into his glory. Now, we're going to pause talking about this scripture. And we're going to talk about wrestling. Any wrestling fans out there? Yeah, right? They got this, it's a big spectacle, and you got these big sweaty guys, and they're like, ah. And some of y'all, I heard, were trying some moves out in the jousting arena, right? Putting the smack down out there. I like watching the amateur wrestlers because they're so bad. You know what I'm talking about? Not like the pros where it's like all the commercials and the merchandise. I'm talking about these guys. They bought, I don't know, some women's leggings from Target and put on some motorcycle boots. And they're like, I'm the grease ball. And you're like, you're the what? Who? What? And it's just their acting is bad. Like they'll hit and they'll go like this. Oh, and everything's off. It's hilarious to see these guys. But one of my favorite things to watch, apart from, you know, Just grown men playing pretend and not really fighting. I'm sorry if I offended anyone by saying wrestling's not real. I don't know if any of you guys are still under the impression. Okay, we're good. We're all on the same page. But I love watching the tag teams. You know what I'm talking about? Like they're twisting their legs and their arms all kind of ways, and then they're like, oh, I'm in so much pain. And the guy's just like barely got him. And you hear like bones popping. It hurts. And they're always reaching out. You know what I'm talking about? And the guy's on the ropes, and he's like, come on, man, come on. Like, they're soldiers in Iraq or something, and the guy's like, oh, I can't reach you. And you're like, you could really actually reach him. And it's so dramatic. You know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about, right, with these wrestlers. It's like, come on, you can do it. Come on, man. Oh, I got it. And then he comes out of the top rope, and he's like, Aah! and it's great. I love watching tag team wrestling because it's, it's fake, but it's funny. Like, you watch it, and it's funny, and it's just like, oh, they're having a great time. Bless their little hearts. Well, I want you to keep that image in your head, because what I'm about to tell you is actually biblical. Jesus is part of a tag team, okay? Now, he wasn't like, we're not going to talk about when he was flipping the tables. That's, that's not, that's different, okay? I want you to look at this, and he says, anyone who believes in me may come and drink, for the scriptures declare rivers are going to flow from his heart. And that's what we're talking about tonight, springs and rivers. So I'm going to need some participation here. I'm going to have this half. You guys are going to be my springs. So every time I say the word springs, you're going to make this noise. Blub, 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 blub. Can you do that? Springs. Yeah, can you start a little deeper from like blub, 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 blub? Go ahead, springs. That's good. That's good. Okay. And you guys are going to be my rivers. Whenever I say the word rivers, you're going to be like a a peaceful little trickle, like a, okay? Yeah. You got to, it helps if you do like your hands on your head with it, like, yeah, that's good. So when I say springs, that's good. And when I say rivers, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Is that a Daffy Duck over there? That was good. That was really good. So we've got, as we're going through here, we're talking about springs, all right, and rivers. Very good. Okay, so we're talking tag team. So Jesus here, he is speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him. So now that we've talked about wrestling, we've talked about springs and rivers, very good. We are going to talk 
about what God is showing us here in this scripture. So here's what I want to point out. Rivers are better than rain. Yeah, there we go. You guys have got to be quick, right? I'll say it again. Rivers are better than rain. Okay. So we're talking about deserts. We're talking about wastelands. And every now and then in a desert, it does rain. But that's not enough. Rain is a life-giving force. It waters the grass. You know, it takes care of everything. But it's not steady. It's not steady. Okay? We can agree on that. The first night we were here, it was pouring down rain. And there were some rivulets. Ah, I didn't say rivers. I said rivulets of water actually running across the pavilion before y'all got here. But it's not steady. It hasn't rained in a couple days. It may rain tomorrow, I believe. We'll see. We shall see if we're swimming through waves of mercy and grace. But rain, it just you can't count on it. You know what I'm saying? It has to be constant to become a spring. And springs feed into rivers. There we go. Yeah, we're getting the hang of this. This is good. So Jesus was what the nation of Israel had been waiting for for centuries, right? They were waiting for uh, somebody to come and save them. Unfortunately, they were waiting for rain, okay? Now, if you followed like the Old Testament, they had judges and prophets, and they would listen to God and tell the people what to do, but then the people were like low-key jelly of all their friends on Snapchat, and they're like, oh, they've got a king. I want a king. God, give us a king. God's like, yeah, that's a bad idea. And like, no, come on, give us a king. So God gave them a king. It was a bad idea. And then wars and power, corruption, scandals, you know, all the stuff that we see in the news today. And then they were taken over by other countries, bigger, stronger countries with bigger militaries. And for hundreds of years, they were waiting for someone to come and be their champion, right? Their intercontinental champion. And a lot of people said, well, that's our Messiah. Our Messiah is going to be political. He's going to be a revolutionary. He's going to be our champion, They wanted rain, but what they needed was a spring. Yeah, yeah. see, they wanted someone to come and do away with Rome so that they'd be free to do whatever they wanted to do, which God told them in the beginning, hey, whenever you decide what you're going to do, it always turns out bad. Why don't you just let me decide? No, I know what I'm doing. They wanted rain. They were living in a desert. And so Jesus shows up, and he's telling people, hey, I'm not rain. I'm not here to Rain over the country. Ah, you see what I'm saying? Rain, rain. Ah, 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 ah. He's here to reign, like rain, in our hearts. Because Jesus is the spring. Very good, very good. So Jesus, he declares this. We're reading through John chapter 7 towards the end. Then you keep reading through. You get to John chapter 10 where he's talking about, hey, The thief, he's just here to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give life. Water is life. We've talked about that. And life to the fullest. Some versions say life in abundance. And then we keep going, John chapter 14, he's very explicit about who he is. They're like, hey, who this Jesus is? And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the, there it is again, life. Now, he uses in the translation from the the Greek, because he spoke a little bit of Hebrew, a little bit of Greek, but we translated in English with the definite article. It's not a, as in one of many, it's the, as in the only. He didn't say I'm a way among others. He didn't say I'm a truth, speaker truth. 
He didn't say, I'm one of many different ways to find life or nirvana or whatever it is that other deceived people believe in. He says, this is it. I am life. He describes himself as living water. Jesus is the spring of living water. Very good. You guys are on top of this. All right. Good, 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 good. good. But Jesus was just one person. He was one man. And he knew that in order to fulfill this, we see this scripture here. Remember we said that foreshadow means something is coming. He was speaking of the spirit who would be given to everyone believing in him, but the spirit had not yet been given because Jesus had not yet entered his glory. Meaning Jesus was still about to drop kick the devil in the face, you know, after the cross. It's not, (laughs) it's just a metaphor. Okay. Please don't go home and tell your pastor like, well, I heard that Jesus went down into beneath the earth and drop kicked the devil in the face. Like that's not the message version or the passion version or anything like that. It's just a metaphor, okay? It's just a metaphor. I'm not a heretic, I promise. So Jesus is saying in a metaphorical way, I'm about to tag somebody in. So you keep reading through John chapter 14, then he gets to verse 15. He's talking about the spirit, spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit that leads us and guides us into all truth. Because wherever there's a spring, it leads to a river. Very good. So Jesus is the source of life. We can agree on that, right? We, most of us who have entered into that relationship, you prayed, you accepted Jesus in your heart. You say, God, you know, I want part of this eternal life. I want this relationship with you. And then Jesus, the person of Jesus, he went up to heaven and he tagged somebody else in. And that's who we're talking about tonight. Because tonight we're discussing both springs and rivers. Very good. You guys are getting real good at this. So when it comes to a pattern or a flow, rain is an occasional occurrence, but springs are never ending. There we go. We're good. I had forgot about that one. He came in person to satisfy our needs, and the Holy Spirit continues that work. He desires a continual relationship, and that's our big idea. So what's in the river? We know from whence the river comes. Yeah, it comes from Jesus. But now we need to ask, where is it going? There's a river that runs just back there. It's named Barren. Seems ironic because we know that water is life. But it ends up somewhere. Does anyone know where it ends? Where does it go? Where does it flow? Does anybody know? Yeah, so then it merges with the Kentucky. And where does the Kentucky go? The Mississippi? M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I? And then where does that one come out? The Gulf. Yeah, all right. They're always going somewhere. They're always leading to a destination. And that's our encouragement tonight. We enter a relationship with Jesus. We find our spring of life. We say, yes, I have this relationship with Jesus. I received him in my heart. I'm so excited. Now what? Well, Jesus is saying, all right, let's tag in the Holy Spirit. And that's where you're going to get your power from. So the Holy Spirit can be compared roughly to a GPS. You guys ever been in a vehicle and then, you know, Alexa or Siri or your Google assistant is telling you where to go? Like you're coming up to a light and you're like, should I turn at this light? Should I turn at this light? And you pass the light and then Google's like, turn left now. Man, I missed it. I should have taken that light. 
Thankfully, the Holy Spirit is much more accurate than any GPS that we have. Because the GPS tells you what's there, but sometimes it's wrong. Sometimes it's not updated. I was driving to, I think it was the Austin area for one of my friend's weddings. And there's a, do y'all have Bucky's up here? No? Okay. So there's this huge Texas gas station chain, and it's called Bucky's. And they're like airports. They're huge. I mean, they're bigger than super Walmarts. They're massive. They have like 110 pumps for the cars and the cleanest restrooms you've ever seen. Like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And they have all this food and all these deli and it's just basically a grocery store with a gas pump out front. So we have all these Bucky's down there and I was coming up to a major intersection. I'm like, man, I don't want to hit all that Bucky's traffic. And so Google tells me, well, if you want to avoid the Bucky's traffic, there's a little side road that you can take right here. And so I'm coming up to the light. I'm like, oh, yeah, let me take the side road. So I'm going, and all of a sudden I kind of start doing this number because I'm on gravel now. And I'm seeing these little dots coming at me, and I'm like, what are those red dots? What, what is that? And the road is closed. And so I'm about to run into this, like, wooden sign that says road closed with all these red reflectors on it and I'm sliding around in the gravel and I'm like Google what are you doing you led me wrong and I'm like I don't understand I trust every I mean Google wakes me up in the morning it tells me what's on my calendar it turns off my smart lights it communicates with all my different stuff with the speakers and play music here and broadcast over there but in this case it didn't know what was coming. So that's pretty useless as a guiding device. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, Jesus was there. He was talking to his homies and his super bunk and telling him, hey, this is how things are going to be. This is how it's going to work out. And they were super scared. They're like, Jesus, we can't do this without you. And he's like, don't worry, man. I'm going to tag somebody in. And he's going to lead you and guide you. So those are the two images that I wanted to show you tonight, we have Jesus, living water, the spring, and then the work that he begins in your life, the Holy Spirit continues to guide it to its final destination like a river. That's very good. You guys are very good. I hope you're not spitting on your neighbors. I'm sorry if you are. It's just for illustration purposes. So Jesus came in person to satisfy our needs, and the Holy Spirit continues the work. In fact, he tells the homies in his super bunk, he goes, guys, it's better for you if I go. Because he was one person in one physical body. You can only be at one place at one time. You know, Bethany was talking about the comedies a while ago, and some of my favorite comedies are whenever somebody tries to be in two places at one time. You know, there's always that episode, right? Like, oh, man, I committed to this, but I also committed to that. So you got somebody running over here, and they're wearing this, and then you run over there, and they try and wear that. And then by the time they switch up, and people are like, why are you wearing that? Oh, uh, no reason. And then they get caught, right? Because you can't be in two places at one time. It just doesn't work that way. You can't. And Jesus also knew that. He said, you know what? I'm one person. I'm going to do my one work, then I'm going to ascend to heaven and intercede for all of us at the right hand of the Father. I'm going to tag in the Holy Spirit who can be with each and every one of us. See, God is working within many of you this week, and you're going to have an encounter, and you're going to have 
something placed on your heart, but you're going to need some guidance when you go back home. And you're going to find that guidance in this, shall we call it a river? Yeah, let's. Let's call it a river. See, Christ is the spring. The Holy Spirit is the river. Christ is the beginning of eternal life, and the Spirit guides the believer to our destination. He is our guidance. He is that feeling that you get when you're like, oh. Anyone in here used to watch Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius? Yeah, you remember, was it Carl, the guy with the glasses? And Jimmy would be like, come on, Carl, we got to do this. And Carl was always like, I don't know about this, Jim. Because it was a bad idea, right? So, Carl, thank you. I work really hard on that one. And so he's like, I don't, I don't have a good feeling about this. I don't know. That's how the Holy Spirit warns us many times. We don't have peace. If Jesus is the Prince of Peace and he tags in his homie, the Holy Spirit, who leads us and guides us into all truth, then if you feel in your heart, I don't know about this. I don't have peace about this. I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling like recalculating, recal- recalculating. And unfortunately, sometimes we're like, I don't hear you. La, 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 la. And then something happens and we're like, oh, man, I saw that one coming. We hit gravel and we're like, whoa, Bessie. But we could have listened to proper instructions before that. And that's my encouragement to you guys tonight that I know that you love Jesus. I know that he's in your heart. We need to make sure that we continue to listen to the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And that's one of the main ways that he leads you and guides you. Let me tell you about my truck wreck. The year was 2010. How old were you guys in 2010? Yeah, so that was a ways back. There I was driving my 2003 Chevy Silverado 1500 single cab with no speedometer. I think I told some of you about that one, right? And my two rules, don't pass a cop. If you don't see a cop, it don't matter, all right? Yeah, it didn't work, though. I still got pulled over. So I'm driving home to pick up my mom because she didn't have a ride. And I'm coming from Victoria through this little swirly, swervy road called Mission Valley. And I had just passed an intersection, and there's this S-curve coming up, or who is it switchback? Is that what you call them? So it's one of these, like coming up to camp. And I feel down in this general vicinity, slow down. Again, it wasn't like an audible voice. There weren't corpuscular rays as the clouds parted and bearded, you know, God says, thou shalt slow down. I just felt it, you know. I just felt it in here. I didn't have peace. I also didn't know how fast I was going, so. But here's my thought. I thought, well, okay, I'll just take my foot off the gas, right? I'm not going to actually slow down, but I'm just going to take my foot off the gas, Because sometimes we think, oh, yeah, no, I see what you're saying, God, but let's meet in the middle. If you've ever watched those shows at, like, the pawn shops, and they're like, can you give me $2,000? He's like, ah, best I could do is twelve fifty. He's like, well, how about $1,300? right? So there I was negotiating with the Holy Spirit. It's a bad idea. Don't do that. So I come around this curve, and I see an 18-wheeler. Nice, beautiful, bright red, and it says on the side, Halliburton, and there's two giant tanks of cement on the back. And I'm like, you know, there's something different about that truck. And this is all happening like in the blink of an eye, and it occurs to me, he's in my lane. 
coming at me, right? Have you ever heard somebody say, come at me, bro? Yeah, this bro was coming at me. And so I had two options here. I could either hit him and die. Why are you laughing at <laughs> that? That's, 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 but did you die? Almost. So my other option, option number two, I could go into the ditch and maybe die. So I'm like, I think I'll ditch that course of action. Ah, ah, ah. So I go airborne, right? Because a single cab Chevy Silverado is not a large vehicle. And I'm in the air, and the first thing that crosses my mind, if I survive, mom and dad are going to kill me, right? So I figured I'm going to die. If not right now, then later on tonight. And then the second thing that bubbles up like, well, like a spring, I just screamed as loud as I could the name of Jesus because I knew I was in trouble. And so over the course of two and a half seconds, I go through four T-posts. Somehow, miraculously, barbed wire wraps all the way around my truck, and I stop a couple feet from a corner post that would have ended me. Somebody else would be up here tonight. And once I calmed down and I exited my vehicle and my heart rate went from (laughs) down to like, (laughs) I called my dad and I said, Dad, don't freak out. And as soon as I said those words, what do you think my dad did? (laughs) He freaked out. What happened? Oh, my gosh, I told you not to be driving so fast. I'm like, yeah, you did. You're not the only one. So as I was reflecting on this, Because thankfully, there was an off-duty police officer following the truck, and we got a hold of his insurance information, and everything was taken care of. My truck was almost totaled, almost. It was very close. It was in the shop for a couple weeks, but I survived. The truck survived, and I realized I should have never been in that wreck. And I know what you're thinking. Well, it's not your fault. He crossed over into your lane, and he was driving at you, but I was told ahead of time. And I didn't listen because I thought I knew better. I thought I was 21 years old. I'm going to live forever. (laughs) But how quickly things can change. And that's what I wanted to encourage you with tonight is that, yes, we love Jesus and he's inside of us. And that's our allegiance. That's who we worship. But we also have a tag team partner to lead us, to guide us, and to warn us. Because if I'd have been obedient and actually slowed down instead of just took my foot off the gas, I would have been further back and he would have come out of the curve by the time that I got to the curve. But see, I didn't know that. I only could go by what I see. Like Google didn't know that they were working on the road because it can only go by what it sees. And we think, well, you know, this looks good, but God knows What's coming? And he works through the Holy Spirit. I mean, we believe in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's the one, the spirit of truth, leading us, guiding us, keeping us within our banks like a river. Yeah, very good, very good. And that's what I wanted to show you guys tonight. Rivers are better than rain. Because if you feel like you're in a desert and you think, well, if I can just make it to Eagle Ridge, oh, I'll be okay. 
but rain evaporates, rain absorbs, rain goes away, and then you're just waiting for the next rainstorm, the next retreat, the next church service. But if you can get in the river, the river, there we go, that's what I was looking for, then you can constantly be in contact, in communication, in a series of growth, and knowing, hey, this looks good, but I don't feel peace about it. See, this is something I share more with the young adults, but I'll share it with you guys because this is youth camp. The difference between a new Christian and a mature Christian is that a new Christian listens to God to see what's the difference between right and wrong. They're trying to figure out, is this right God or is this wrong God? The mature Christian, they're at the level where they listen to God to discern between good and best. Good and best is different than right and wrong, right? There's nothing wrong with choosing something good, but it's even better to wait for what's better. And as you develop your relationship with the Holy Spirit, that's going to be what you see. Not just, oh, okay, it, I know it's wrong to text and drive. I don't feel peace when I do that. But now you can discern between good and better. Mm, you know, this is a great opportunity. It looks like this internship's going to work out, but I just, I don't know. And then something better comes along. Here. Oh, the Holy Spirit was telling me to wait. He was telling me not just like save me from danger, but listen to my plan. Trust in my ways. Know that I'm leading you and guiding you into all truth. I'll tell you one more story in closing. I was finishing up my student teaching at Texas State University, San Marcos, where that beautiful river resides. And I had a lot of favor. Thank you. All right. I was trying to sneak that one in there. I had a lot of favor with the staff and with my cooperating teacher. And one of the senior teachers on the campus, she came down with an illness and she wasn't going to be able to come back the next year. And so... I had been praying that whole semester. It was my final semester. I was ready to launch off into my career. And I was praying like, God, where do you want me? I mean, I'm involved in a campus ministry here. I have a lot of favor with this school district. There's this person that she's really nice and she loves Jesus. I could really, you know, just kind of put down some roots here, right? Like, this is no desert. But I felt down here that the Holy Spirit was leading me somewhere else. And I said, all right, God, I'm going to make my way back home after I graduate. And the next day, somebody comes up to me at San Marcos High School and says, Jonathan, the principal wants to speak with you about a possible job opening. <laughs> and so I gave her the old Christian, let me pray about this, right? <laughs> if you don't know, I heard an incredible man of God, uh, Dr. James Dobson, family and child psychologist, he says, always listen to the leading of God. And when in doubt, stall for time. It's great advice, great advice. And so I said, let me pray about this. So I go home and that night I'm like, hey God, it's me again. I just wanted to review what we talked about last night, just to double check, you know, just double checking. But again, I didn't feel peace about taking that job. So I go back and I tell my cooperating teacher, my lady supervisor who was walking me through the process of teaching and how to do the grading and working with the kids and all that stuff that teachers have to learn. And I said, I'm sorry, but I really feel called to begin my career back home. And she told me something that I haven't forgotten. It's been almost 15 years and I still haven't forgotten this. 
she says to me, she says, you know, you didn't strike me as someone who's easily persuaded. And at first I was like, okay, Karen, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> Her name was not Karen, so if you understand the, But it wasn't like an insult. She was saying, I've worked with you, I've gotten to know you, and I understand your convictions. And now what I forgot to tell you was this sweet old lady who'd been teaching 29 years, she was an ardent atheist. And we had some good chats, me and her, she and I, nosotros. And she got to know me very well, and I got to know her very well, and we worked very well together. But she understood what I meant when I said I don't have peace to go in this direction. Three days later, I got a call from the Director of Human Resources at the Victoria Independent School District, where I have been working for the past eight years. And he said, Jonathan, I'm looking at a letter of resignation. We have an opening after Christmas. Send me your certification, sir, and I can get you a job by the end of this month. And I was so excited because my plan, like my plan was to go and work back at the lumber yard that I had been working over the summers and then wait for like a teaching job in August. But here we were in December, I was going to graduate and already have a job. And so I told him, I'm like, thank you so much, Mr. Chapa. I just got to have to take one more test before I can get my certification. And he says, oh, no, 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 I'm sorry. If you're not certified, we cannot hire you. And I was like, well, God, I just turned down this other job. What am I going to do? <laughs> and then I said, can I just get an interview, please, sir? May I? And he says, well, as a professional courtesy, sir, I can get you an interview just so we'll have your application on file should anything else come up once you're certified. It's like HR talk, adults and stuff. So I'm driving from San Marcos to Victoria, about two hours, and I am praying up a storm. I mean, I'm driving with one eye open. I'm just kidding. I had both eyes open, right, because I had already had that wreck. So I was like extra cautious and going super slow. And so I was praying a lot of things, a lot of things. We don't have time to get into all the things that I was praying. But I was reminded of when Elijah and Elisha were working together. And Elijah asked Elisha, he said, what do you want from me? And he said, I want a double portion of your spirit before you're gone. So Elijah says, if you see me when I'm taken, you'll get it. So he follows him everywhere. Elijah's like, hey, man, I got to go somewhere, but you stay here. No, I'm going with you. And he goes with him four different places. And then he finally sees him taken up and his coat falls off. So he takes his coat and he walks to this river that Elijah had just split open. Thank you. Thank you. So he gets to this river, and he says these words, where is the God of Elijah? And then he smacks the river, and it splits wide open, and he walks back across, right? No bridges, no river walk. He just strutted right through the riverbed. Yeah, there you go. All right. I'll give you guys some extra work here in a second. And so I prayed, where's the God of, and I named my pastors. And I said, where is the God of, and I named my parents. And I walked into this interview, not certified, not yet qualified, but I had peace. I said, God, I, I don't know how you're going to work this out. I don't understand what you're doing right now, but I really feel like the Holy Spirit is leading me to this place. And I don't know what I'm about to walk into, but I'm just going to trust you. 
And so I go into the interview and I take my professional portfolio with my references and my assignments. I say, if you have any questions, give me a call. And they tell me, they say, well, you know, we've got a couple other people to interview next week. We'll let you know, right? Famous last words, we'll let you know. And 20 minutes later, I answer a phone call. And the principal says, Jonathan, you're the guy. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Guys, I'm not even certified yet to teach. And the school district says, we don't hire people who aren't certified. It's the middle of the school year. They're about to get out for Christmas break. I haven't even graduated from college yet. That's in a week and a half before I walk the stage and go jump. I actually didn't jump in the river because we had booked a restaurant. Thank you. (laughs) But... I wasn't even done with where I was, and God had already made a way in this wasteland. I'm not certified. It's the middle of the school year. It doesn't look like this is going to work. It looks like this is going to work. It looks like this is good. It looks like this is where I could easily go. But I feel like instead of good, God had something better. And that's the way the Holy Spirit works. We receive Jesus in our hearts. We give him our worship. But It's this triune God. I think of like the atomic cloud model where there's the nucleus and the electrons all floating around and the characteristics of God. He's this, but he's also this, but he's also here. And he's, it's a very complicated thing that people spend their entire lives trying to figure out. But this is what I know. The Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. Because what we just read, Jesus was saying, hey, I'm the spring And the Holy Spirit is going to lead you and guide you like a river. Yeah, I'm going to tag team him in. And whenever you have doubts, whenever you're unsure of what's going to happen, you can trust him and listen and continue to read the Bible. Because many times the Holy Spirit, instead of breaking through the clouds and speaking like Mufasa did to Simba, remember who you are. He says, Remember what you've read. Oh, yeah. You want to hear the voice of God? Read your Bible. My pastor says it this way. He goes, you want to know what God's saying to you? Read your Bible. You want to hear the voice of God? Read your Bible out loud. I don't know why I say He doesn't sound like that. I just figured that's like what a pastor would sound like. But the Holy Spirit inside of us, because the Bible says when you receive Jesus, he's going to tag team that Holy Spirit to be with you to guide you and learn what that feels like. Learn to tell the difference between the Holy Spirit and the enemy trying to put fear in you. Because many times he's going to call you to do something awesome and amazing and Satan will be like, oh no, you can't do that. Oh no, that's a bad idea. Oh no, that's never going to... Listen here, not here. Because the river will take you where you need to go. That's my encouragement for you guys today. So I'm going to pray over you real quick, and then Bethany will make her way up, and we will move on with the next activity. But if you would, just join me and seal this time that we had together. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful for what you've done for us, what you came to the earth to do, that you are the way, the truth, the life, that your words are spirit and they are life that you are the vine, we are the branches, that you are living water. We understand that you are the source of eternal life. 
And we thank you for the Holy Spirit that you said will dwell inside of each and every one of us to lead us and guide us into all truth, the spirit of truth, that we can pray and we can ask, we can seek your will, and you'll warn us when things are not right. And as we get to know you even better, you'll be able to tell us the difference between something that looks good and something that you have that's even better. God, I pray that as we go home, that we don't just keep chasing rainstorm after rainstorm after rainstorm. If I can just get to a service, if I can get to a retreat, if I can have somebody else pray for me, if I can have somebody else uh, read me a scripture, or maybe I'll watch something online, but we can look within to the Holy Spirit and jump into the flow of where you are directing us. God, help us to discern between the Holy Spirit and our natural thoughts, the Holy Spirit and whatever lies the enemy tries to give us, the Holy Spirit and bad advice from people who have no relationship with you. Help us to hear your voice, your Holy Spirit leading us and guiding us to our destination like a river. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.